0: Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to this podcast for College Success Formula members. I'm Tom Bodorf, co-founder of College Success Formula. The title of tonight's podcast is College Scholarships, What Most Families Don't Know About Them. My special guest tonight is Dan Bissig. Dan's joining us from his wonderful state of Kentucky. Now, Dan formed his organization, College and Beyond, in 2006, after a successful 15-year career as a financial planner in the insurance and investment business. For over 10 years, he's been providing helpful advice to parents and students about career identification, college selection, college admissions, test preparation, college funding, and much more. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Tom. It's great to be with you.
0: You betcha. Thank you. Well, okay, Dan, let's start off with a few basics. For anyone not entirely clear on what a college scholarship even is, let's define it. What is a college scholarship?
1: Yes, yeah, so a college scholarship is a dollar amount that is given to a student specifically to be used for college, um, the good news about it is that there are lots and lots of sources of money out there as to how um, the student can earn those dollars, and specifically, you know, a lot of money comes from the colleges themselves, and so we know that families are always looking for a way to help reduce the cost of, an, of the education, well, that's and for sure. <laughs> by golly, they ought to go for those college scholarships anytime they can.
0: Right. Well, and do all colleges offer scholarships?
1: No, they sure don't. Ah. No, as a matter of fact, um, any of the most selective schools out there, and I'm talking the Ivies in uh-huh. particular, okay. they do not give um, merit-based scholarships out. And, and if you think about it, the reason is very simple. They don't have any trouble uh, recruiting enough students to fill their incoming freshman class. And the, the one difference is that what they will offer are need-based scholarships. And that's where there's a financial need that the family has in, in trying to go to that school.
0: Uh, so they do offer need-based, of course, but when we're talking scholarships, it, we, we kind of imply merit-based free money, don't we, when we say scholarships?
1: Yeah, we sure do, Tom. And, and the reality is there's really two types of scholarships out there. There is indeed need-based scholarships,
0: uh-huh.
1: and, and that's determined you know, for your listeners who have, are going through the process of identifying their expected family contribution and then how that college is going to react to that and help fill that void. So that would be need-based. Um, the other one that everybody talks about is merit-based, and merit-based scholarships really come in three f- different formats. It's either an academic scholarship, an athletic scholarship, or it could be a talent that they have where they get a scholarship for that. Ah,
0: okay. You know, I, I know when I talk to, to families, typically we still use the word grant a lot, which I believe typically implies need-based and scholarships typically kind of sort of unofficially implies merit-based. Those are loosely used terms, though, interchangeable. I know when we say grants and scholarships, the bottom line is it's free money. We, we don't yeah. pay, pay it back. <laughs> and that's the best kind of financial aid. You know, something I've shared with, with families for, for years, Dan, is that you know, the government and the colleges through the years have redefined the term, the phrase financial aid. W- when I was in school – way, way back in the 70s, (laughs) and there were colleges back then, (laughs) we we really did see financial aid as free money. But financial aid today, you know, grants and scholarships, the free money, the real financial aid, but they also have included now loans in this financial aid category, and even, you know, work study, the, the whole jobs thing. But parents still see financial aid, I believe, in terms of scholarships, and grants, free money.
1: No doubt about it, Tom. I mean, it's so unfortunate that families, when they hear the word financial aid, they immediately think free. Right. And yet you and I both know that the vast majority of financial aid offers that are given to students is going to be debt. (laughs) That's right, sadly. And so, oh, it's it's very, very sad. And yet it's ever-present because of the ever-increasing price associated with these colleges and universities across the country.
0: Yep. You know, I tell families all the time when they are are visiting colleges that uh, when they're ha- getting the dog and pony show, you know, from the missions officer, and they'll typically say, you know, we have financial aid for everyone. I say, be the first one to raise your hand when they say that. Say, what kind of financial aid are we talking here? <laughs> because Absolutely. often they're, 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 they're actually saying loans and work-study. And the parents are hearing free money grants and scholarships. And, and I, I've never really said that I, that it's deceptive, but it, it certainly is misleading. And there's definitely been a, a change of definition of these terms through the years. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it's you know, it's just a scary situation. And and these colleges are, you know, they've got it all figured out. They know the key <laughs> words that they need to share with the families to convince them, right, that it's going to be a great opportunity for them.
0: That's right. Exactly. Now, Dean, how does a high school student apply, applying for college, how do they qualify for a college scholarship?
1: Well, Tom, that's a great question. You know, number one, in a lot of cases, you absolutely have got to know whether or not you meet the criteria. And so the three most common areas that you're going to see that these um, colleges giving their money out are going to be based on traditionally the unweighted GPA. Uh It's going to be based on the ACT or the SAT scores that the student has received. And it's going to be based on the extracurricular or the curriculum that the student has taken when they've been in high school. Um, Just a word of caution though. When it really comes down to it, some schools, for example, with the GPA, actually recalculate the GPA. And so you may be going into it thinking, oh, well, I've absolutely hit the mark when it comes to my GPA, when it comes to qualifying for this particular scholarship. But you may be surprised to discover that when they recalculate it, you actually drop below the eligibility threshold. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and the same thing, by the way, happens with the, um, the ACT or the SAT. You know, we hear of these schools that super score, where they're actually going to take the highest, uh, for example, in the ACT, they'll take the highest English, the highest math, reading, and science out of any number of tests that you've taken, re-ed them together, re-average it out, and they'll use that. And families get pretty excited about that, but I remind them, don't forget if they're super scoring for you, they're super scoring for everybody. right. You know, and and so it may not be as big an advantage for you as you think it might be.
0: You know, Dan, I know through the years the the SAT testing has been pretty popular in terms of superscoring. Are more and more colleges now actually superscoring the ACT as well?
1: Well, there are more and and part ah. of the reason for it, Tom is because we've seen such a, a change in the dynamics. You know, there was a time when the SAT was considered the preferred or pre right. preeminent test, right? Yep. Yeah, it sure was. Um, especially on the East Coast, the West Coast, Texas, kind of Florida. But you go back even five years ago, suddenly the ACT caught You know, caught some um, attention. Sure did. Got, you know, especially with the colleges. And so they started really looking at it, which is exactly then why the SAT ultimately decided to re, um, you know, reformulate how they give their test out. Um, So there are, you know, my only word of caution would be make sure that you do your research um, as to if whether or not you really are hoping to get a school to super score because you may be surprised to discover they don't. And, and don't forget, by the way, we know this, there are schools out there that are also test optional, right? But as you know, as I share with families, you often, often have to be careful too, because if they're test optional and you choose not to send your test scores in, it is possible that you are eliminating yourself from some of the more prestigious uh, scholarships.
0: Now, and you, regarding the super scoring too, is that typically available on a, a website of a college, or is that something that maybe uh, students or, or parents should ask when they're visiting the college?
1: Oh, I would absolutely ask. Yeah, they really do need to ask. Some schools will be pretty transparent with yeah, that. Yeah, sure, sure. But, but there are absolutely some schools that kind of you know, keep it to themselves. And so it's definitely a question that you want to ask when you're doing that official college visit.
0: Yeah, because I don't think I've actually seen that uh, advertised uh, very much on college websites now that I'm thinking
1: about it. Yeah, it's not a very common thing where they'll put that out there. But the the bigger deal that you really, really need to ask, and and I run into this all the time with students, is really twofold when it comes to the GPA. Uh Uh-huh. You know, is the college going to recalculate your GPA based on the transcript that they receive down to just the core classes that they've taken? Um, And here's the other part. Will they in the future, will the college in the future accept an updated transcript that comes from your high school if they recalculate your GPA? Because as you and I both know, what a lot of schools do is that they strictly use the end of the junior year cumulative GPA in determining your scholarships.
0: Right. So a lot
1: of working pieces, isn't it?
0: But there's a lot of elements in this, that's for sure. Absolutely. Now, Dan, let's say that a a student qualifies for some type of need-based financial aid. Do merit-based scholarships affect their need-based financial aid that a student might be qualifying for?
1: It really shouldn't, Tom. Uh, You know, in other words, a student should be able to get both. They should absolutely be able to get the Uh grants and sometimes, again, need-based scholarships that they're receiving. Uh Um, They're also going to then be eligible for um, traditional merit-based scholarships on top of that. Now, just a, a word of caution. You do have to sometimes be careful because some colleges absolutely will not stack scholarship opportunities. And so just make sure that you do the research and understand how that your particular school responds to all of that.
0: Uh, so that packaging can vary a bit from college to college.
1: Oh, you better believe it. Yeah. And, and I see it all the time, you know, where a student applies to one school um, and, and they get a totally different looking package from somebody else. And, and again, that all comes back to that important uh, expected family contribution, your EFC, and why it's so critical that you know that so early in the process. Absolutely.
0: You know, that, that's where we start every family. You know, learn your EFC. It's oh, amazing, yeah. Dan. Every every year, uh, typically in the, uh, you know, the March, April timeframe, just before that famous May 1st deadline when everyone has to commit, and, and families start getting all of these award letters. You know, the kids are getting all these awards and acceptances and, you know, a few denials here and there, but they're hearing from all the colleges. And I get these phone calls from families, moms and dads, every year. Tom, there has to be a mistake on this financial aid award. My first question always is, well, what's your EFC? Nine times out of ten, what is that? What's EFC? They don't even know what the term means, let alone wow. know what yeah. their calculation is. And we, we we have to get that message across to families more and more all across the country that the first thing you gotta do, and, and don't wait until the senior year. Do this in your, your freshman or your sophomore, certainly by your junior year. Learn what EFC even means expected family contribution and what your actual calculation is.
1: You better believe it. I, you know, the the rules of the game have changed because of the changes to the FASVA, for example, Right. and the, the fact that they're using two years prior tax returns. So uh, Tom, I'm a hundred percent with you. The sooner you run that calculation, the better, because it's really going to prepare you for what kinds of financial aid offers are going to come to you in the future. Understanding, that, again, every single college has the right to choose what kind of money they, they think you should receive.
0: That's right. And, you know, this past year, that was really one of the really nice um, improvements they've made in the process, wasn't it? Were they using what they're calling this prior prior year? So now seniors, parents of seniors, can fill out the FAFSA form as early as October 1st of the senior year with two-year prior uh, tax returns, which everyone – should have completed by by that point oh, in that's time. Right.
1: Yeah, if they don't, they're in trouble, aren't
0: they? <laughs> they're in trouble, probably with the IRS. Bigger, bigger problems than financial aid. Yeah, in most cases. Yeah. So yeah. that that was really a nice change uh, and a nice improvement that they made this current year. So we're thrilled about that. We found a lot of families that are really happy when they've learned that.
1: No doubt. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, let's say that a student uh, is attending college and they've received a scholarship uh, in their freshman year. Now, is that student guaranteed? to receive the same amount of scholarship each year for the rest of his or her college
1: career? Tom, that is a great question. And I'll tell you, it depends on the school. Uh Um, Here's what I mean by that. Some merit-based scholarships are absolutely guaranteed for the student to receive if they meet the requirements. And traditionally, it's that they have to be carrying a full-time load of classes. Okay. And they have to meet a minimum GPA requirement. Okay. However, I will tell you, as I experienced with one student, um, the scholarship the second year, even though, for example, the financial dynamics and the academic success of the student were stellar and in good shape, the school came back and they changed the rules of the game. They actually dropped his scholarship by $15,000 a year. Wow. And I'm telling you, when that kind of situation happens, it sends a shock wave through that family because all of a sudden they've got to come up with that extra $15,000. And so the concern with that is you have to be careful sometimes of a bait and switch. Um, Wow. This student happened to be, ironically, from Kentucky going to a California school, Uh and he was getting a scholarship that was for a Kentucky student. And even though he met the requirements, um, there was some kind of a stipulation in it that they could change it on him, and they did.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: It's kind of the buyer beware side of things. The vast majority of of scholarships, though, are indeed guaranteed if you meet the criteria. So just be careful on that, um, and and also don't be surprised if you don't meet the criteria that they take the scholarship away from you.
0: It goes away quickly, yeah. And you know that fifteen thousand dollars; those are after tax dollars too. So mom and dad have to be earning what twenty grand or more to be able, be able to write that check for an additional oh, yeah. fifteen thousand dollars. That's that's brutal. You got
1: it. It is brutal. So, think about that for three years. Yeah. I mean, three years of, of having that happen. And here's the other problem how do you say to your son, uh, well, you know, because they reduced that amount of money, you need to transfer schools now? Oh, I wow. Mean, that's just not going to happen, right? No. So, again, just be careful. Make sure that you do your research on the colleges and specifically on the requirements that it comes down to qualifying for the scholarships because. Sometimes they are indeed guaranteed, meaning if you have a specific GPA and ACT, you're guaranteed to get this dollar amount. In other cases, you might be eligible for a range of scholarships, meaning maybe at a minimum it's $2,500 up to a full tuition scholarship or a minimum of $2,500 up to a full ride. And we know that there's only so many full rides out there, right? Everybody thinks that their student's going to get those full rides. (laughs)
0: That's right.
1: Yeah. And there's very few. Yeah. There are very few, and I realize that you think that your student is an academic superstar, but there are (laughs) lots and lots of other kids that are out there just like yours.
0: When they're looking at uh, national competition, you know, and not just their local school district or local school, they have no idea really just how competitive the market is for kids going to college.
1: You better believe it. And, you know, the, the biggest place that you see this is the big flagship universities. Right. Right. I mean, it's incredible, um, and I'll just you know use my state's uh, you know university University of Kentucky. Uh-huh. They give out about fifty to fifty-five full ride scholarships. That's it. That's all. That's it. Yeah. So, and the enrollment
0: know, there is roughly what?
1: Uh, it's about fifteen thousand students. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> That's a pretty so small percentage. Yeah. You better believe it. Wow. So when you look at those kinds of numbers, you realize how few and far between those full ride opportunities are.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, Dan, let's move on to uh, something uh, for mom and dad here. For moms and dads, what about taxable considerations? I I find that most parents assume that scholarships are always tax-free. Is that correct?
1: It is not. No, Tom. Ah. Yeah, in fact, so here's the the catch. And I I fall into this situation because my daughter is going to um, a a local college here in Kentucky. Uh And this last year, she received a 1098 which is the tax form that the college sends to you, right. sends to the parents. It's actually sent to the student. But in looking at the document, what I quickly realized is that she has a $10,000 scholarship, but there's only $8,500 worth of qualified expenses huh. off of that $10,000 that are tax-free. And those are things like huh. tuition, mandatory fees, and possibly some books and supplies. It does not include room and board. And that's where families get surprised is oh, because wow. they don't realize that even though my daughter's school, of course, is more than just the $10,000, sure. that only 8500 of it is tax-free.
0: Wow, that, that's a shocker for, for most moms and dads.
1: Yeah, absolutely it is. And you know, and so what happens is that that extra uh, $1,500 in that case becomes taxable income to the students – the only good news about that is as long as your student is below $6,400 this particular year, then it makes it a, a moot point. You ah. know, she didn't get taxed on that. But I'll tell you right now, for those families where the students are working and going to school, or even right. if they have full ride scholarships, right, you get a surprise that you weren't expecting.
0: Wow. And it's always in the student's name, though. It's a student's taxable uh, liability, right?
1: That's correct. Yep. Wow.
0: That that's a shocker for a lot of folks listening, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan, um, any advice for students to you know optimize to maximize their chances to receive a scholarship?
1: Oh, well. So let's start with the biggie. Okay. Um, let's again remember that every single high achieving student all looks the same. Uh huh. They all have high GPAs. They all have high test scores. Many of them are taking all kinds of test prep classes to, to keep those scores up high. They're all involved in multiple activities at their school. They're doing lots of sports. Um, they've got advanced placement classes that they're taking or IB classes that they're taking. So my point is they all look the same. Right. So I want you to imagine for a minute that you're an admissions director and you're trying to decide who is going to get the big scholarships. And that's where it really comes down to this, this key part. What is your hook? In other words, what is it that's going to set the student apart from the rest of the crowd? Mm -hmm. And so some examples of hooks. Maybe your student is indeed an an athletic superstar. I mean, they're just doing really, really great with their athletics on top of their academics. And that school wants those kinds of students. Maybe they wrote a book or they started a business or they started a service organization at their high school um, or the community. Maybe they started a foundation, or they've been doing college research at the university level, even while they've been in high school. Here's my point. All of those things are going to make that student stand out from the rest of the crowd. And in particular, they're likely gonna have something to write about on their essay or their personal statement that when that admissions person's reading it, they're gonna go, aha, this is a student that we wanna take a look at and consider for these scholarships.
0: Sure. So it's all about differentiation. they got to separate themselves somehow from the pack.
1: They do, Tom. Yeah. If they don't, they all look the same. And so you better be doing something. And that's why doing this process or thinking about this process early is, is critical, because here's the thing. If a student does it too late in the game, then it just looks like they're padding their resume of accomplishments.
0: Right. Sure.
1: You know. And, and you and I both know that most of these admissions counselors at the colleges are looking for a student who's been dedicated to two or three things versus the scattergram of multiple <laughs> things that they've been involved in. Sure. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so come up with that hook, something that's going to differentiate you from the rest of the crowd, and stick to it. And also, if you can create some legacy with it, which is the ability then to hand that off to maybe maybe a sibling, maybe you've got a younger brother or sister that's coming up behind you, maybe they can take it over and run with it after you're long gone and off to college.
0: Boy, great, great advice there. These are some great tips, Dan. My goodness. Um, before we close, do you have any final advice you want to share with, with either the students or, or parents on this important topic?
1: Absolutely. Number one, do not procrastinate. <laughs> Every year I have families that at the last minute come in to meet with me. And the the question always is, where can I find some money? Where can I find money? And it's like, (laughs) you have to understand, you've already missed a lot of the deadlines. And so I tell families, even in freshman, sophomore, junior years, Uh go to some of these websites that are out there and use the information to designate the scholarships that you should pursue in the future and put them in a file called Future Scholarships. And then as those opportunities come up, be ready to take action on them. Um, The second point is this, the very uh, best success that I've had and seen with students is when they target scholarships, again, that they qualify for. Uh Uh, I'm gonna give you an example. My daughter was planning on and has uh, gone into becoming a teacher. So that's what she's studying right now. So when she was looking at scholarship opportunities out there, she pursued scholarships that focused on teaching and also community service, because she had done a lot of that when she was in high school. Ah. And so at the end, she applied for 10 scholarships. Out of the 10 scholarships, she got three of those. Wow! And so those three private scholarships that she got came up to $10,000 Terrific! on top of the academic scholarship that she had at her school. But the key was she didn't, again, do this sporadic, you know, applying to 100 <laughs> scholarships. She didn't have to, right? Sure, sure. So,
0: well, now, now were those additional ones? Are they renewable, or was that just for the freshman year? How's that work?
1: Well, very good question. The vast majority of private scholarships that are out there are indeed a, a one uh, one year proposition, uh-huh. meaning you get a single payment. In her case, there were two of those scholarships, which are annual renewable as long as she continues to study teaching, for example, and maintains her GPA. Ah. and thankfully, she's done both. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So, so some some of the private scholarships are indeed
0: renewable. So, some are not. But you've got to really uh, check into that as well when when we receive these awards.
1: You do, yeah, and and you know, be very specific about asking those questions because again, the vast majority of them are a single payment that you receive. Uh, by the way, sometimes those scholarships are paid directly to the student. Uh huh. But in a lot of cases, that money is sent directly to the university or college on their behalf.
0: Uh, Now, now how does that enter into this 1098-T you were talking about if they receive it from the scholarship provider?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, I will tell you this. You are required as a student to to report every single one of your scholarships to the college or university. Uh Uh-huh. And and they then take that into consideration when it comes down to the kind of financial aid package that they're going to give you. Okay. Um, the good news we hope that's going to happen in that case is that they're going to reduce any debt that they thought the student was going to take out versus reducing other free money that they were giving them. Um, and so that money can indeed be taken into consideration. It could be you know a, a problem. However, what I will tell you, like in my daughter's case. All of that money, all of this private scholarships were outside of the equation. They did not factor into the taxable nature of it. Oh. It was only the college-related scholarship that she received, which was $10,000 that then was reported on that 1098-T. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: And to her favor. Oh, absolutely <laughs> For to
1: her favor. Yes, sir. Wow.
0: Great. Well, Dan, this has been tremendous nuggets here you've shared with everyone. I want to thank you for joining us tonight and for this great information on college scholarships. Now, if anyone has any questions for you, how can they best contact you?
1: Well, Tom, there's two ways. Um, They can always send me um, an email at danbisig, which is B-I-S-I-G, at collegeandandbeyondllc.com. Or they can always give me a phone call at my office number at 859-283-2655, or my cell, which is 513-919-2646.
0: Oh, excellent. And by the way, everyone listening live tonight, this is being recorded, so you can go back and listen to the archive and you can rewind it and replay it and pause it and get those phone numbers and and email for Dan as well, Okay. And before we sign off tonight, Dan, I want to be sure to mention your new book, College Entrance Game Plan. Dan is an author. Can you tell us a little bit about your new book?
1: Oh, thanks, Tom. Yeah, I'm very excited about this uh, book. Ryan Clark and I spent a year and a half really putting together what we consider a terrific roadmap for families to use. Uh As they're trying to navigate their way through the college process. And we were really specific about trying to give timelines in there starting as early, believe it or not, as the seventh grade all the way through the 12th grade. And it's designed where you can jump into the book really at any point and have a successful process of connecting the dots and a lot of the things that you need to work your way through the college process. So, um, it's it's just a terrific resource in addition to the college success formula options that you guys have uh, exposure to so uh, it really really can can be a great resource for students to use
0: Oh yeah you know, I, I got the book recently actually I got it off of uh, Amazon and I've just begun browsing through it and I've got to say it is very well written and very easy to follow. I would recommend. Everyone gets a hold of this book. It's, it's fantastic. And you had told me that you had set up some type of a, of a coupon code or discount for our, our members.
1: I have, Tom, yeah. So it's a thank you for everybody listening to All this right. broadcast. Uh, there's a coupon code. All you need to do is type in, well, go to my website, which is collegeandbeyondllc.com. And when you get there, you can click on the book button that's right there on the front page, that'll take you to, to the next page where you can choose to buy a um, ebook version of, of our book. Ah, uh, okay. And here's what the coupon is. You use the, the letters C, S, F, for College Success Formula. Uh. And and by doing that, it's an eleven dollar savings off of that book. So it's going to drop your ebook from twenty-four ninety-five down to thirteen ninety-five.
0: Oh wonderful. Yeah, thank yeah. you for that. That's very generous of you. Thank you for that. And I, I want to encourage all of our members to jump on that website and grab that. I've got the book right in front of me. I'm looking at it, and it is fantastic. It will absolutely help you navigate with your students through this crucial college planning process. So I want to thank you. Members of College Success Formula for joining us tonight, and whether you're listening to us live or the recording at a later date. Um, And I do encourage you to visit Dan's website. Once again, that is collegeandbeyondllc.com. You'll find some terrific information there, I, I promise you. Okay, so as always, we're here to help you succeed as you plan for your children's college. And you can contact us at support at collegesuccessformula.com. So until next time, take care, college planning success to all of you, and may
1: God bless. Good night.